welcome to Behind the Tour, the podcast from American Christian Tours that goes behind the scenes of the most iconic sites, historic characters, and true stories in American history to discover how God has been at work since the very beginning. Well, our desire is to provide insight for today and hope for the future as we look at history from a godly perspective and a biblical worldview. Well, today we're going behind the tour to an incredible location in Washington, D.C. that is all about God's Word, the Bible. Well, in Psalm 78, there's a man named Asaph that recites uh, the early history of the nation of Israel in order to warn future generations against uh, a repetition of unfaithfulness. And Psalm 78 has become one of my favorite psalms. And just in portion, it says this, it says, I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. And he goes on to say, so the next generation might know him, might know God's statutes and precepts, and that each generation should set its hope anew on God. Well, this leads into where uh, we're at today, um, making its grand opening to the public in November of 2017. One of my favorite places to go to in Washington, D.C. is the Museum of the Bible. And uh, uh, we have a lot of groups that go there, and it has been uh, some of the best reviews that we get out of any location when we go on tour. And the Museum of the Bible's 430,000 square foot uh, building is located just three blocks from the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. And uh, the Museum of the Bible aims to be among the most technologically advanced in engaging museums in the world. And I would totally agree with that. It's an amazing place, showcasing rare and fascinating artifacts uh, spanning 4,000 years of history. It offers a pretty, pretty impressive, personalized and immersive experience with the Bible and its ongoing impact on the world uh, around us. Well, I am super excited to be joined today by Shannon Bennett. And Shannon is the Museum of the Bible's Chief Marketing Officer, where she oversees the digital media, advertising, communications, media relations, social media, uh, just a myriad of hats that she wears. And she began her tenure at the museum in May of 2013 as Director of Community Relations. And she served the organization in various capacities in both marketing and development. Well, Shannon, welcome. I am so glad you're here. Thank you. Thanks for asking me. We love American Christian Tours, and it's exciting to get to talk to you today. Yeah, well, I am just, I'm super excited, Shannon, to, to kind of pick your brain a little bit. I've been at the museum so many different times now, and I think I've covered just about every square inch of that place. But there's lots going on. It's not kind of like a static place, is it? It's kind of, there's so much going on. And I'm going to ask you some questions about those types of things. But Shannon, before we do that, um, I know that you personally have been a lot of different places in your lifetime and uh, reading your bio on uh, the museum's website, I see that uh, you began your career at Walt Disney Parks and Resorts. 
I did. It was a fun place to get started. <laughs> and that uh, you also lived in um, Israel, uh, Jerusalem, for a period of years. So, uh, Shannon, t- just tell the audience maybe just a little bit about yourself and the experience that you uh, bring bring to the table for the museum. Sure. it's. Um, I've had a good time in life, I have to say, and God's provided a lot of great opportunities for me. Uh, and like you said, my my uh, my first job right out of college was working with Walt Disney World. Started out in entertainment, um, played cowgirl actually, entertainment operations there. Um, yeah. Eventually moved into studio production, so a lot of my background is in uh, production work, and then into marketing from there. And really learned kind of the art and science of marketing at Disney, which is you know they're the pros on that. And then after 9-11, the Lord really shifted me um, out of that world. And as many people did after 9-11, I really started to seek the Lord again. And he just gave me such a hunger for his word. Mm-hmm. And as I was reading, I, I discovered that uh, that word was written by the Jewish people for the most part and began to fall in love with them as well which led me to work with the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem, um, did special projects for them here in the U.S. and their U.S. offices. And then they transferred me out to Jerusalem to work in their headquarters there. So I was with them for a couple of years in Jerusalem. And then I realized, you know, I've been you know, building relationship with the, these people in this nation, but I want to understand more about them. So I left the embassy at that point and uh, went to Hebrew University where I got my master's degree. I'm studying in an Israeli university and also worked with uh, Christian Outreach as a volunteer uh, for Yad Vashem. That's their Holocaust Museum, um, which is it's really the culmination of of a long story of of the Jewish people throughout the centuries. Um, So it was an honor to do that. And then I came back to the States in early 2013. And uh, Yad Vashem actually asked me to help them out at the National Religious Broadcasters Conference in February 2013. While I was there, I ran into a man named Carrie Summers. Now, Carrie was the founding president of Museum of the Bible, uh, which had not even really begun construction, had barely begun design at that point. In fact, they had just purchased the property for the museum here in D.C. a few months earlier. And he said, you know, I've got I've got nobody based in D.C. and I need to get offices open. I need to start, you know, meeting people there. Um, do you know anybody who would help me? And I had just come back to the U.S., so I, I wasn't sure what my next assignment was. And I raised my hand and said, you know what, I'll do it. Hmm. Uh, so there began the, the adventure here with Museum of the Bible back in 2013. Yeah, certainly God's hand, and it's so so cool, you know. And that's you know one of the themes for American Christian tours is just the entire Book of Esther, um, and that God architects uh, all the little details in our lives and and uh, where He wants us to go. Um, he uh, architects the, the the good and the bad together for His glory. And uh, Shannon, your 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 life uh, seems to has just God's providence in looking back at your story. Well. Um, you, you kind of did already, Shannon, but um, maybe share just a little bit with our listeners um, how the idea for the Museum of the Bible uh, first came about. And uh, it obviously it got sparked somewhere. So where was that? So that happened years earlier, actually, um, 2008, 2009. Um, uh, our founder, Steve Green, uh, was approached by a couple of businessmen or 
uh, in, in Dallas who had had the idea of building a, really a smaller Bible museum in Dallas. And he helped him out, bought a few artifacts um, and, you know, kept getting offered more. If you remember during that time, um, 2008, there was a, a real estate bubble. Yeah. People needed to liquidate. So there were collections that were liquidating at the time. And, and Steve was able to, to purchase a, a number of items. Um, but then that idea about the Dallas Museum um, kind of fell apart and, and they didn't do that. But, you know, Steve and Jackie, his wife, uh, they never bought anything to keep to themselves. They always wanted to share the Bible story with the, with the world. That's a big part of their family heritage. And so they said, well, what do we do? And that idea of a museum just uh, kept running. Uh, so being the businessman that he is, he did uh, some market research, hired a company to help him figure out where should this this museum be built. And honestly, D.C. was hands down the place to build it. Um, it's kind of the museum capital of, of the country here. People come to Washington, as you guys well know, to visit monuments and museums. So we'll jump into the mix here. And, um, and that's that's how it all started. Shannon, so obviously the importance for having the Museum of the Bible in D.C. was was certainly architected, again, I think, first of all, by God. And then, Absolutely. Uh, um, so, yeah, really important. Well, what what is the main mission of the Museum of the Bible? It is to engage people with the Bible's transformative power, um, plain and simple. And that's not just Christians or, 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 or Jews. It's anybody. Um, so, so we, we, we tell the story of the Bible and we trust the Bible itself to speak for itself. It's a yeah. powerful book, as you guys well know. Um, we don't proselytize. We want people to come in and explore for themselves and we trust God to do what God's going to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Shannon, like I've said, I've, I've been there many times and it's, uh, it's, I've been there a number of, a lot of times. And yet every time I come, um, I just, I love going in the front doors. I love uh, going in and seeing the floor and looking up at the ceiling when you first come in. And it's just an amazing building that has been renovated uh, to um, to glorify God with this with the Museum of the Bible. But can maybe you can explain a little bit that there's a lot of symbolism. I'm sure I'm sure in the museum. But uh, many guests' eyes are immediately drawn upwards as they, as they come in. Um, can you talk about the the ceiling a little bit and and the floor when you come in? Absolutely. That's a lot of fun, actually. So sometimes I, I go down to the lobby and I just like to stand there a moment and just watch people um, because it's a great people watching spot. As you yeah. noted, they walk in through our security vestibule and they look up and then they just stop. Uh, and their eyes get really big because what they're looking at in the ceiling is a 150 foot long digital ceiling, super high pixel count, 555 pixels, 40, 40 feet wide. Um, I think it's the largest or one of the largest horizontal screens in North America. And on that digital screen, we uh, rotate images of um, biblical illuminations, biblical art, even nature scenes, right? God's the God of creation. So we keep uh, creation in there as well. And it just rotates hundreds of images all throughout the day. I, I don't think I've seen um, one rotate twice just while standing there. It's uh, it's, a, it's a number of things, but it's really amazing. Beautiful, beautiful space. Yeah. Um, and then the floors. So when you walk in on the floors, you're walking on um, this uh, charcoal tile from Portugal. 
and it's all dark. But you notice as you're walking deeper into the museum, we start to intersperse uh, really light colored ivory tiles in the midst of that mm-hmm. charcoal. Um, that's Tunisian. It's a Tunisian tile. Um, but as you get towards the grand staircase, really where the, the exhibit spaces start and you're moving really into the Bible story, it's completely light. Um, so the architect who designed that made that symbolic of the idea of as you're moving deeper into the Bible and God's word, you're really moving from darkness into light with that. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, the, uh, the verse, um, that is kind of off to the side as you come in there too, is, is thy word is a lamp unto my feet mm-hmm. and a light unto my path. Yes. So yeah, that's just, yeah. In the symbolism of God's word, illuminating our steps um, and our path as we go uh, is, is awesome. Shannon, how about the bronze doors into the museum? Uh, they make, they make a great statement <laughs> uh, and they're amazing. What can you tell us about those? Sure. Uh, so those bronze doors um, are absolutely beautiful, made by a man named Larry Kirkland, who is a, an artist. Um, and written on those, and not that you can tell by looking, because it's in Latin and it's backwards, uh, because it is Genesis 1, the first 80 lines of Genesis 1 from the Gutenberg printing bed. So that's why it's in Latin and upside down. It's a printing bed of Genesis 1 from the Gutenberg Bible. Um, and those bronze doors are huge. They're 40 yeah. feet high. And uh, one side weighs uh, seven tons and the other side weighs nine tons. So these are iconic um, doorways into our museum. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And that just makes me think, Shannon, too, you know, uh, with Gutenberg, um, also in Washington, D.C., at the Library of Congress uh, is a, one of three uh, original uh, Gutenberg Bibles that was printed on vellum. And, uh, and then the giant Bible of Mainz is also there. Uh, the the uh, last really hand copied um, big Bible like that in that same time frame. So it just makes me think too of Gutenberg's own words that he had has been quoted uh, from um, the, pr- the, the first book off of the printing press was the Bible. Mm-hmm. And he said, from this printing press shall flow uh, rivers of water uh, that will quench the thirst of every living soul and give life. And uh, so again, another kind of a tribute to uh, the presence of the Museum of the Bible there with those big uh, imposing doors um, with, that, uh, with that symbolism. Well, um, Shannon, if you had to choose... Uh, your top maybe two favorite items in the museum's collection, what what would those be? Well, that's really tough. Um, it's like asking a mother to pick her, you know, which was her favorite kid, right? <laughs> um, so the first one, because I'm a space geek, um, is probably the Lunar Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this Bible is actually a microfish Bible uh, that, uh, that our astronauts, did take to the moon. It took them a couple of tries. One of those tries was actually Apollo 13. And we know that story, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but uh, it did make it to the moon. So I, I love the fact that our NASA scientists and astronauts thought enough of the Bible to make sure they got it to the moon. So, you know, next we're ho- hoping to get one to Mars, right? The second is uh, called the Elliott Bible, and the Elliott Bible was actually the first Bible uh, printed in the Americas. 
Um, you might think it was printed in English, but it wasn't. It was uh, actually a translation done by a man named John Elliott, who was a Puritan um, minister um, with the help of an Algonquin tribe, a Native American tribe, into the Algonquin language or a dialect of the Algonquin language. Um, so that's my favorite, just not just because of what it represents, but also because um, a few years ago, uh, we had an event on the National Day of the Bible right in front of the U.S. Capitol. And um, during that event, we invited the chief of that tribe, who was a uh, great, 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 great granddaughter <laughs> uh-huh. of, of the original tribe chief uh, who helped translate that Bible. And she actually read from it. Huh, and it was such a powerful moment. Honestly, I don't think there was a dry eye there. Wow. Uh, so I always go back to that memory and how... Um, even generations, hundreds of years, this happened in the 1600s, um, this uh, this family, this Native American family is still honoring the Bible. So it's really special to me. Yeah. Um, the third is, uh, I wouldn't really say it's a favorite, but I think it's probably one of the more important. Um, I've shared a little bit about my background, but we have an exhibit called Abandoned Burned. And the Band and Burned exhibit tells the story about how through the ages, people have tried to take the Bible from us. They have banned it. They have burned it. They have tried to get rid of it, yet it still stands. Yeah. It's still here. Um, and in that exhibit, you see, you know, you learn stories up th- from the Roman time. You learn about, you know, uh, communist China and, and their assaults on the Bible. But you also see the story of the Jewish people in there. And the Jewish people are the ones that brought the Bible to us. Um, and during the Holocaust, uh, the Nazis tried to exterminate the Jewish people, but they also took their Torah scrolls. They burned their synagogues and they took those these beautiful scrolls written with the word of God and they turned them into things like wallets and shoe insoles. And we see some of those in this exhibit. So for me, it's a constant reminder of, of what's been sacrificed throughout the, the ages for the Bible. And in a country like Germany, that was, you know, this is the country of the Reformation. And, and to see that turn within that nation and what happened um, and that assault on the word of God during that period, it really brings that that story home to me. Shannon, that's amazing. And I'm sure there's so, there's so many others. You know, I've been to uh, I think it's floor. Uh, now there's six floors in the museum, and it's the entire fourth floor, I believe, that's dedicated to uh, a lot of the, you know, the uh, the ancient uh, manuscripts and the texts mm-hmm. of the Bible. Um, and that's that's one of my favorite floors. I could just uh, I could uh, spend hours on that floor. Um, but based on uh, your experience, what and, and I could probably answer this for some of our kids and groups that go there, but what seems to be one of the most well-loved exhibits in the museum and and, and why do you think that is? Um, Well, hands down, our guest surveys tell us this time and time again, and honestly, this is uh, probably one of my favorite places to visit too. It's the Hebrew Bible experience. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, on the third floor. That whole floor is devoted to the Bible story. Um, and in the Hebrew Bible experience, you get to walk through that story, experience that story from, story from Genesis, where it says, let there be light, all the way uh, through the story of Ezra and the um, rededication of the temple, 
um, and just walk through the story of the Hebrew scriptures that way. Um, it's won several awards. It's, it's yeah. a totally immersive experience. Um, some of the, our, our designers that worked on that project uh, actually did design things from Disney. Uh, so it's that quality uh, of an experience within the museum, which is really rare to find something like that in a museum. Yeah, and I love to, uh, I'll, I'll go through that myself a lot of the times with groups, but we'll come out and uh, uh, all the, the, I love hearing the adults and the kids too. They'll say, oh, that was incredible. You know, Everybody what, loves it, yeah. Yeah, and what a great way to start. You know, we, we try, try and start there with a lot of our groups and uh, to set the pace uh, for the rest of the museum with that experience. Um, but being Shannon, being that we're, uh, we're a historical based, uh, student tour company, American Christian tours, we love the exhibit on the influence of the Bible in America. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you tell us about that exhibit a little bit and what, and also about the Liberty Bell replica found in the exhibit? Sure. So, I mean, the importance of that area, I, I probably can't emphasize enough, um, when, when people come to Washington, they're, they're usually here to, to learn more about the history of our nation, right? And we've got that all over with the museums and the monuments. But uh, until you see the Bibles roll in, and I feel like it's a really incomplete picture. So we are able to complete the picture by adding um, the story of the Bible in our no, own nation. Um, it starts with the um, Mayflower. In fact, we've got what we believe to be the uh, bill of sale of the Mayflower. is one huh. of those first pieces right there when you walk in. Um, takes us through the colonial years, through the um, Declaration of Independence, the Revolutionary War, uh, the founding, all the way up through the Civil War and, and then into the Civil Rights Movement of the 60s to today. Uh, so it's a very comprehensive story with a lot of amazing pieces like the Elliott Bible that I just spoke about. Um, now, right there in the Revolutionary War period is that Liberty Bell um, which is uh, very special because it actually is a perfect replica. Uh, it was cast in the same foundry as the original Liberty Bell and Whitechapel foundry in the UK. And um, it, it was one of the last bells cast there, actually, before that, that foundry closed not long ago. Um, weighs the same. It even rings an E flat, just like that original Uh, So it's a beautiful piece, and it was the first, it was the absolute first piece we brought into the museum and had to be brought in by crane uh, during construction. So it's been there a long time now. (laughs) That's amazing. And again, I just think there's, there's, it's such a great adventure, uh, you know, from top to bottom uh, in the museum here and everything that's in there. Um, It's incredible to see uh, the exhibit uh, illuminations on all the languages that the Bible has been translated into, too. Uh, and again, the, the technology uh, and the way that the museum presents things, I think, is just absolutely wonderful and, and engaging. Um, but to see the languages that still have yet to ha- have a portion of the Bible translated into their language, uh, Shannon, has this exhibit fostered uh, any colla- collaborative projects um, to complete translating the Bible into every language? Has there been anything on that front with you guys? Um, well, actually, the exhibit itself is a collaborative project. Mm-hmm. So um, Illuminations is uh, not a, an accidental title to that area. It's mm-hmm. actually, we worked with and still work with the Illuminations Alliance on that exhibit. Um, it's a, a group of Bible translation societies, several of them who have come together in a coalition um, you know, it, it takes more than one, so they work cooperatively and uh, to promote Bible translation. 
Um, and that's where the idea of this exhibit came from, just to help people understand. And it was a shock to me. I mean, I'm a Bible lover. I'm a Bible person. I had no idea because I'd heard that we'd made all of this headway on Bible translation and compared to any other book. Absolutely, we have. Um, but for there's really only hundreds of languages that have a complete translation. Um, there's still a lot of work to do. Yeah. And, and we hope to educate folks on that work through this um, and constantly working and updating it. In fact, um, I think this is probably the first public announcement of it, actually, guys. But um, you're going to see in November um, that we're going to be doing um, a, a big upgrade on that section. We're going to expand it. We're going to add um some new uh, media to it as well. So we're excited to actually be able to expand that area and even tell that story a little bit better in the future. That's awesome. Shannon. It's so cool. So uh, amassing such a big collection, um, especially dealing with antiquities has to be pretty challenging. I would imagine. What are, what are a few of the challenges that uh, the museums had uh, in, in building their collection and has it, it obviously goes above and beyond just the greens, right? This has gone into um, other people helping uh, build the collections. Yes. Yeah, so we started, I mean, I, I told you kind of about the origins of that. Um, and unfortunately, when you're dealing with antiquities, there are a lot of unscrupulous people in there. And when yeah. you're new to that world, I mean, there there's no degree you can have that can teach you um, about that world. Uh, so it takes a lot of trial and error, learning who you can trust, who you can't trust. Um, but also we've actually had some really, I'm, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about some of the challenges with the early purchases that were made. Um, but through that, we have learned so much and we've done a lot of exploration of some of the things in our collection. Because as we realized there were some issues there, we started to, to research every single item. So any item you see in the museum today has been thoroughly researched in terms of providence, where it came from, how it got to us. But as we've learned those stories, we've actually built some relationships with, with some really great people around the world. Um, one great example of that is actually a, an item that was stolen from uh, our some friends in Greece back in World War II. They didn't know it what had happened to it. And we discovered in our research that this item had been looted. So we reached out to him and said, we think we found your item. <laughs> uh, we, we think we found your, your manuscript. Uh, you want to have a look at it? And I said, oh my goodness, thank you. Um, so through that, we've actually um, created a great partnership with, um, with Greece and we'll be doing future exhibits and future things with them. Um, we've got a great patriarch coming to visit us in October. We're excited to meet him. It's taken a while with the uh, COVID for that to come down. We've long awaited that journey. Um, but also we've had people just come out of the woodwork um, to offer special things that they have. One of those is uh, Corey Ten Boom's Bible. Have you seen that one yet? I have. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we were a lady named Ann Parker um, who knew Corey. Um, had her Bible that was given to her by Billy Graham. And she wanted to make sure that um, that Bible was preserved and its story told. So she reached out to us and she gave us, donated that Bible to us. And those are kinds of things that happen all the time. Um, yeah. So it's just a great relationship builder. And it's a, you know, it connects us with people who have the same heart for the Bible that we do, not just here in America, but all around the world. <laughs> yeah, Shannon, and I love your passion. I mean, this, uh, it's, you know, God, God puts us exactly where he wants us to be. And uh, it totally sounds like uh, you've, uh, God, God has you where he, he wants you. Um, 
I'm just thinking too, there's another uh, kind of a fun portion of the museum that uh, if, if you're not motion prone to motion sickness uh, <laughs> is, is a great place to experience in this, the Washington revelation. Uh, can you tell our listeners just a little bit about that? I can. Um, so, you know, we are a little bit unusual for a museum. We've got our Hebrew Bible walkthrough experience, but we also mm. have a ride uh, called Washington revelations. So in this ride, you actually get to virtually soar uh, through and over Washington, D.C., through buildings, under buildings, over buildings, around monuments. And you see throughout that flight um, where there is so much scripture engraved on the buildings and monuments here in our nation's capital. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, it's been uh, I've had a couple people get a little little motion sick on that one, but uh, it's been a, a favorite of everybody who's come out of there. Um well, Shannon, um, can can you give us a sneak peek uh, at the upcoming exhibit on the Magna Carta and how that relates to the Museum of the Bible? Sure. So this is um, this exhibit's opening in a month. We're really excited about it. Um, there are only four um, of these Magna Cartas in existence, and we will have one with us for six months. Uh, and people ask, well, what's, this, what's the connection here? We all learned in school about the Magna Carta. Um, what's the Bible connection? Um, so the Magna Carta was really special just in terms of um, the concept and the notion that uh, rulers are accountable to God. And, uh, you know, this was a battle with autonomy for the British, you know, the, the church in Britain um, and, and the connection really doesn't just run to that time period um, in terms of, you know, biblical concepts of what, what it means to be human and human dignity and humans being accountable to God, whether you're a ruler or whether, you know, you're just an average person. Um, but we tell that story starting with um, King John and that time period, but we move it all the way up through uh, American history as well. Uh, and the inspiration it had on our founders um, when they were writing the declaration and, and designing our government here. Um, you know, all men are created equal before God. Um, and then even moving into the Human Rights Charter from the Geneva Con Convention. So this document um, that was written in the 1200s has had massive impact. And behind that are some really important biblical concepts. Yeah. Well, on that note, Shannon, um, what would uh, I, I like kind of ending our podcast with a little, uh, at least a contemplation of a call to action. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that there's a, a, you know, a lot of people that support the Museum of the Bible, a lot of people that would like to support the Museum of the Bible uh, in any way that they can. Um, but what what would you say this might, in your opinion, might be one, uh, a call to action for our listeners today? Um, as it relates to the museum and the importance of God's word? Well, first of all, visit. Um, we are just opening after COVID. And, um, you know, we've been through a lot in the last couple of years, guys. It's been yeah. tough, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's left us all kind of um, without a bit of perspective. So if you want to gain perspective on history and, and that solid thing that is our North Star, the Bible provides a North Star. It has for yeah. our country for years. So come to Washington and, and gain that perspective. Get your feet back under you after all this that we've been through. Come visit us. Book a trip with American Christian Tours for sure. You guys do a great job. And um, we can even 
provide some really special behind the scenes experiences for you. So make sure you reach out to us to do that. Um, if you want to know about the museum, just visit museumofthebible.org and explore around a little bit or reach out to American Christian Tours. And I know you guys are experts on us as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys have a wonderful website, uh, Shannon. I've been on it many times and very, very informative and uh, and helps guide you through uh, planning a visit uh, to the museum and even just what's on every, every uh, floor and every aspect of the museum. Well, Shannon, I want to thank you personally. Uh, it's been a, a pleasure uh, spending time with you today. And uh, just, again, seeing your passion for, for what you do uh, and um, getting people interested. Um, and many times, uh, I think people um, might even uh, come to the museum not, not knowing what to expect. Uh, and yet the, uh, the, the primary principle of God's word engaging people uh, and drawing them in so many different ways. Um, so thank you so much. And uh, just, uh, you know, again, the fact that the museum is open, it's up and running, it's exciting. Uh, it's an amazing adventure to go to. Uh, so Shannon, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, to our listeners, I want to th- thank you guys for joining us today. Um, and as always, remember that that your story that God is writing is a part of his story. And God put you here uh, and now for such a time as this. And at American Christian Tours, we firmly believe that one person can make a difference. Uh, that we, we believe that together we can make a big difference in our culture and our society as we follow God's hand of providence and his word. And we believe that inspiring people, both young and old, is important. Um, and we believe that the past gives insight into the future. And we're passionate about providing tour programs that make a difference. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll look forward to another podcast coming up soon. Mm-hmm.